In an overcrowded graveyard, the scream will rise. The Ghoulmates presents Not Another Spooky Podcast. Hey Ghoulsters, welcome back to Not Another Spooky Podcast, where I'm your ghost hostess, Mandy Spooks, and you, my listeners and community, are the co-host. On this show, we fan ghoul over spooky pop culture and learn from it too. If you have always loved Halloween, horror, true crime, ghosts, or basically anything spooky, then you have found your spooky oasis. I am beyond excited about today's episode because it's another topic I have wanted to cover for a very long time. And based on your responses, I think you have been longing to fangool over it too. Today we are grave digging into a friendly ghost. You might know him as Casper. And although he is quite the friendly fellow, I thought it would be a good time to dip our toes into the spooky subject of ghosts. But before we go haunting the hallways of our spooky university, you know what time it is. Haunted housekeeping. All right, guys, I'm so excited about today's news. I know I have been teasing movie watch parties as part of the subscriber perks for a while. But by the demand of our current subscribers, we finally have our first movie picked out. Our official first fall episode will be on September 23rd about practical magic to get you in the mood for our first movie watch party. We'll be kicking off fall season together watching practical magic on Sunday, September 25th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or if you're all the way in the UK, 6 p.m. So save the date. If the movie is not streaming on any platforms at the time, you will need to purchase or rent it through Amazon Prime Video to participate. And just a reminder, all communication for subscribers goes through Discord. So if you decide to subscribe to get access to the watch parties, please make sure you give yourself enough time to get set up and situated in Discord. And if you do subscribe for $4.99, please send me an email at notanotherspookypodcast at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram so I can make sure you get access to the paying channel on Discord where all of this news will be coming up. So much exciting stuff because... I'm just over the moon to be back in this space with my closest ghoulsters. And this is your final reminder that it's the last week to get free stickers when you write a review on Apple Podcasts. Just send me a screenshot on Instagram and your address so that I can send you some ghoulster mail. All right, so before we get into all the ghostly things, I thought we should share a cup of brew and talk about how we're keeping the spook alive. Okay, I'm super proud of myself because today's drink is very on theme and on point, I feel. I am having a Casper the Friendly Ghost soda. What is that you say? Well, it's my way of naming a super basic but delicious drink. It is a sugar-free vanilla Italian cream soda, and I'm proud to say that it is actually a Mandy Spooks recipe, so you know that it is super easy to create at home as well. All it is is a club soda with half and half or your cream of choice, sugar-free vanilla syrup, and the best part is that it's topped with whipped cream. So good. (laughs) Okay, guys, I have the most magical keeping the spook alive for you today. I know it's been a couple of weeks, but I wanted to share how spooktacular my birthday weekend was. As you all know, it's been a super rough summer for Master and I, so I wanted us to go out and celebrate just how far we've come over the last year. You know, 
30 was a big year for me. I finally got to a point where I'm living the most authentic life that I can. So much so that we packed all our spooky boxes and moved to the most amazing spooky city ever. And despite all of the hardships that we have come through, we still continue to be, well, I'm just going to say it, a freaking power couple, to be honest. And I don't mean that in the sense of our success, but in the sense of like, wow, we can get through anything together. And that's what the term should be used for, even though we are a talented pair, if I do say so myself. Anyway, as I said, I wanted to celebrate. It's not like me to spend a lot of money on fancy dinners, but I know it's something Rudy really enjoys and we hadn't been out for a hot minute. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do the dang thing. I want to go to the spooky restaurant I've been putting off because I know it's a little over our normal price point. So we went to this restaurant in Denver called Linger, but it's called Linger because it's actually inside of a former mortuary called Allinger Mortuaries. Uh, okay, I'm not even sure if it's Olinger or Olinger when you say Olinger mortuaries, but <sighs> proof that I'm not a Colorado native, but I'll get there. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was just so excited to share that. So I'm not going to lie. It wasn't as spooky as I was hoping, but it was still definitely a spookier vibe than normal. I'd say it's like a nice restaurant with a hint of morbid accents like on the walls. And it's super cool because they have the original sign for the mortuary at the top of the building and changing and they changed the lighting and lettering on it from like Allinger mortuaries to Linger eatuaries or eatuaries. It's hard to pronounce. Anyway, it's super clever. And I think when you see the picture, it'll make more sense. The food was so good. It was based on different continents. And my favorite, like I think my favorite plate that we had was these dates that were filled with goat cheese and wrapped in the most crispy delicious bacon ever anyway I'm sure I'll have some sort of like really short recap of it on the channel at some point this new Mandy is really living by not working on TGM if I don't feel like it because this is about passion not the numbers anymore and so I started out strong with filming on the date and before I knew it, I was one mortuary margarita in and a few dates in and I lost all desire to keep recording, which is like a whole new me, because if any of you know me, you know, I used to live my life around content. I know it sounds horrible, but that's what made me happy at the time. And that's OK. Anyway, it was just a really nice evening out on the town with Master and falling in love at first fright again, you know. Sometimes your relationship goes through a lull and it's not even because of anything bad. It's just like life happens and you have to deal with stuff. <sighs> Sorry, I don't want to get emotional, but it was just really nice to have that spooky spark back. Um, what is it about you ghoul stairs? You just get me to word vomit all my feelings on here, but that's why I love you. Okay, so then the magical birthday continued the next day because one of our ghoul stairs, Melissa, reached out to me and had asked if she could take me out to eat for my birthday, which was so sweet of her. So thank you so much, Melissa. Uh, but what started out as a breakfast turned into Halloween hunting for the first time ever with a fellow spooky ghoul. <sighs> you guys, I can't begin to tell you how truly magical it was. It was right after releasing the birthday episode and it honestly just felt like it came full circle. She was dressed so cute. She was wearing a spooky t-shirt and the cutest spooky earrings and it warmed my heart so much because when I complimented them, she mentioned how she had bought them over a year ago and hadn't had the courage to wear them but she knew if she could dress as her true self with anyone it would be with me oh here come the feelings again okay and it just means the world to me to be that safe space for someone so 
yeah you guys know I mean that is what I mean like when you put your authentic self out there you encourage other people to feel like they can be their authentic selves so I'm so happy that I can have that effect on people so anyway we went to the spirit um like the closest spirit store to us and I actually got to like try on costumes Shh, don't tell spirit we did that <laughs> and like talk through purchases you know sometimes you just want to talk like should I get it why why not master hates having those conversations with me and she just knew I had to go through all their little haunts first and then we just kept saying we were leaving and somehow found ourselves on the other end of the store again and it was so funny because she was on my side of town so I was like do you want to go see this cool marketplace or go hunt some more at home goods and she without a doubt said home goods my heart <laughs> she knows me so well so we went to home goods and we got this huge rush of serotonin together and i found the most giant frankenstein plush ever it was so funny because i had to go to the bathroom and on my way over there i saw him so when i was coming back i picked him up and i carried him like a toddler everyone was laughing at me and the minute she saw me she just got it it was so much fun and so sweet to be with someone who like genuinely like gets your joy and excitement and also she brought up how you also get this like mild like panic because you just like you're overwhelmed and you know you can't get like everything you want so it was just really nice to experience that with someone else uh, and then while we were in line at Spirit, this guy was there with his wife and he was like, some people have their carts full. It's just like too much. It's August. You don't even know what the other stores are going to have yet. And all I wanted to do was be like Danny in that scene of Hocus Pocus where she's like, for your information. And I was going to tell him, you're a little leaguer and we do know what all the stores are going to have. But anyway, I spent the rest of the weekend watching Casper, of course. And honestly, it was just one of those perfect weekends that worked out without even planning it that way. So a major thank you goes out to Master and Melissa for helping me celebrate my birthday in the most magical, like casual, but totally Mandy Spooks way pos possible. So I genuinely am so happy and appreciative of that. All right. If you want to keep up with how Master and I are keeping the spook alive every day, you can follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at The Ghoulmates and my new favorite place to fangle at Not Another Spooky Podcast on Instagram. All right. So who's ready to talk about ghosts? <laughs> so obviously the first question had to be, do we believe in ghosts? And I was super shocked to hear that 96% of ghosters believe in ghosts. 96 guys, that is like, if we round, that's 100%. <laughs> Okay, I love our co-host format so much because it's so interesting to start finding the themes y'all have in common. When I asked why you all believed in them or not, it seemed there were clearly sets of you who shared the same thoughts or beliefs. One group had who had encountered them, one group who found comfort in them, and one who didn't like the mystery of them. So many of you said you believe because you've experienced it. Whiskey Ghoul said, I believe in ghosts because I have I've had encounters with them when I was younger, end quote. And Samantha ESP, The Dahlia Crypt, V Rose 23, Yana Loves Mitchie, Sweetgrass Gypsy, Wild Rose 01, Spooky Pumpkin Mama, SN Dev Sweetheart 08, and Krypton Kitsch. Yes, all of those, all of you guys all mention that you have encountered ghosts. Wow, sounds like we need a ghost stories episode, guys. And it sounds like NBC Lover 1993 and Fallen Halloween have felt a presence with family members. 
Daniela Giman Photography said, I believe I've been visited by past family members woke up to being tucked in bed. End quote. And on that note, some of you find comfort in believing in ghosts. Ghosted Easy said, it's fun to believe, also feel relief in thinking my mom and grandma can still be around, hopefully, end quote. Another set of you, including Halloween is my happy place, Val Klein Hans, Mariah Dom, and S.E. Zoon all said that you don't necessarily believe in ghosts per se, but that some kind of energy is left behind. S.E. Zoon said, I think that sometimes there are deaths where the person's soul still has business here on our astral plane and cannot rest properly. Plus, I've learned about and experienced far too much spooky stuff for them not to exist, end quote. And for those of you who don't believe, <laughs> Nerd Squish said, it's a basic answer, but I've never seen one, so I don't believe in them, LOL, end quote. That's totally fair, honestly. I think that's probably what um, Master's reasoning is. And then Horror Ghoul Lily, this is the funniest answer I've ever, I've ever heard. She said, because I think dead people have better things to do than try to haunt anyone, end quote. But like what? They're just stuck here. So I would imagine that they'd want to like mess with us or something. I don't know. I would get bored. Uh, and a few of our unique answers were Emmy Lynn 14 said, I believe in ghosts because there's many videos, photos that show many unexplainable things. Maristica Botanicals said, I grew up with Mexican and Moroccan mysticism, end quote. Ooh, I want to learn more about that. And Monica Galman said, ghosts are too cool. Like how boring would things be without ghosts, end quote. So next I asked, are you afraid of ghosts? Why or why not? Samantha ESP said exactly why I'm afraid. She said, because they can't be killed physically. Ghosts have the advantage, end quote. Exactly. That is exactly how I feel. I remember in the past when Rudy and I used to talk about it, he used to say like serial killers were more scary. And I'm like, I mean, they are because they're real and stuff, but because they're real, you know exactly how to like fight back and defeat them. Like you can see them. They can't just like disappear and reappear out of nowhere. And like, how do you get rid of them? So that's exactly how I feel about why ghosts are scary. Sweetgrass Gypsy, Fallen Halloween, and Emmy Lynn 14 said they are afraid of the unknown aspect of ghosts. And I thought one of the most interesting responses we saw were from SN Dev Sweetheart 08 and There She Glows Again. They said they weren't afraid of ghosts and understand they might be around, but they just don't like the actual element of surprise from them, like showing up when you aren't expecting them. A lot of you also brought up the idea of how you can feel um, some go some ghosts are good or bad, and then that determines if you're afraid. The Dahlia Crip said ghosts are harmless. They're passive entities. However, they're often confused with poltergeists, which are bad, negative entities. There are other quotation bad things, but ghosts are harmless, end quote. Interesting. I had no idea that Ams was so knowledgeable on this topic. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask her more. Okay, S.E. Zoon said, I'm not afraid because I don't believe they have ill intent. I think they just want to rest. Demons, on the other hand, dot, 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 eyes emoji. Diff a different story, lol, end quote. Krypton Kitsch said, I wouldn't say I'm afraid of ghosts. I'm more dot, 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 cautious of them, end quote. I love reading the dot, dot, dots for you guys because, like, it just reads different, you know? Monica is clearly deflecting with her answers, though, because her second answer was also... Because Bustin makes me feel good, end quote. So Monica is either horribly afraid of ghosts and deflecting or she does not believe in them and is mocking our answers here. 
Okay, so after all these responses, I think we definitely need to have a ghost stories episode. And I can't do that without your help. So I'm going to put put an official call out now for ghost stories. So if you have a spooky ghost story, you can send it to notanotherspookypodcast at gmail.com so that I can start to build a ghost stories episode for this spooky season, hopefully. Uh, all right. So shall we get into something a little less spooky, but a lot more spooky? <laughs> okay, so the movie Casper was released on May 26, 1995. It was directed by Brad Silberling, and it is starring Bill Pullman as Dr. Harvey. Something I found really cute about Bill Pullman's story as I was doing my research, according to IMDb, Pullman took the role of the widower, Dr. Harvey, for one special reason. He said, that was one I really remember looking forward to taking so that I could bring my kids to the set, he told the AV Club in 2020. They were right at the perfect age to enjoy all the magic of that, end quote. Man, who's jealous of his kids? Because that must have been amazing to see on set. And then, of course, we know who Kat was played by, the spooky ghoul Christina Ritchie. And then Kerrigan was played by Kathy Moriarty. Moriarty? Sorry, I can't pronounce that one. And Dibs was played by Eric Idle. Um, and then I was curious to find out who played Casper in human form. And what, like, ever happened to him? So apparently Casper was played by Devin Sawa, and he was actually in two other spooky movies, which were Idle Hands and Final Destination. So in case you were wondering, he has never used the iconic Can I Keep You line on any girls, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, and I was really surprised that the Rotten Tomatoes audience rating of this was only 49%. What the heck, guys? That is so low. I demand a recount. <laughs> Okay, so the summary according to IMDb reads, Dr. James Harvey and his daughter Kat head to an old mansion that is haunted by ghosts. James' job is to get out of it so that, get them out of it so they can cross over to the other side. After they move in, Kat meets a ghost named Casper who falls in love with her. His one wish is to be human again and maybe he can win her. Okay, so some interesting facts in case you didn't know Casper because I think I found out like in the last year, Casper was originally a comic book character. So the two main characters were given the last name Harvey as an homage to the company that created the original comic series, Harvey Comics. And if you are a huge fan of Casper meets Wendy, which I am sure I will cover eventually, Wendy was supposed to be in this movie, but they didn't want to pay for the rights to that character quite yet. But I've always wondered what the deal is with Casper Meets Wendy because it's like impossible to find anywhere unless you eBay it like I did. All right. So I think you guys are going to love this interesting fact in particular. The house that we used that was used for Whipstaff Manor was also used to film scenes from the Backstreet Boys music video. Everybody. Yeah, that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I totally missed that one, guys. I'm sorry. OK. And apparently there was a deleted portion of the movie of the attic scene involved where Cat coming where Cat comes across an old photograph of Casper's uncles, Stretch, Fatso, and Stinky, and they were still humans. And it was featured and shown in the storybook released alongside the film later. So who has got this? Because I need to see it. I guess I should just Google the picture. I am actually gonna Google it while we are here. We're gonna do a little side segue over here casper's uncle's photograph let's see if it comes up on google 
okay, there's nothing immediately coming up. So I think we're going to have to dig deeper on that. If I find it, I will totally share it on the Discord server. And if I don't, maybe one of you can find it because I'm really curious to see. I always wanted to see what they would look like. Oh, I think I found it. Oh, my God. Okay, I think I will share this with you guys on Discord. It's not what I was expecting at all. So I need to really confirm that that's what it is. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's see. What else do we have here? Okay, so early CGI models of Casper were closer to his original look in the comics with oval eyes, blue rings around them. However, his face made him look more lifeless and off-putting, so Steven Spielberg decided to change his look and to give Casper more, quotation, sympathetic-looking eyes a la E.T. And in case you're confused, I believe Steven Spielberg produced this movie. <laughs> And there are so many fun facts about this movie out there, guys. Honestly, I could be here all day, but I highly recommend looking into it some more if this is your jam, because I was honestly going down the biggest rabbit hole ever. And there's still more fun facts entwined with your comments coming up as well. OK, so my history with this film is that I simply loved it as a kid. Honestly, I loved it so, so much, but I hadn't seen it in a long time for some reason. I actually ended up watching it again as an adult in the most magical way possible. So last Halloween, we went to Disneyland and it was a big moment for my leg recovery. So after our first day at Oogie Boogie Bash, I needed to rest my leg and recover. So we slept in and rested in the hotel. And it was the first day of Freeform's 31 Nights of Halloween. So... It was all very magical and aligned without even planning it. And I was actually in the process of promoting a new line of Casper makeup from, from Bad and Bruja Lashes. And the movie was playing. So it was just, as you can imagine, I was totally nerding out on the fact that like everything just came together. So I got to kick off 31 Nights of Halloween at Disney with my Oogie Boogie candy, doing my Casper makeup. It was just a total vibe. Anyway, so that was my first time rewatching it as an adult, and it was so magical, and I loved it so much. And then rewatching it again for this episode, I was sure I would be bored of it by now, but it just honestly never disappoints. So we're going to get into all of that in just a bit. But of course, we always have our what team are you questions when possible. So I was curious how many of you were actually Team Casper or on one of the uncle's teams. So 73% of you said Casper. Stinky and Fatso were tied at 8% and Stretch had 10%. So that was really interesting to me because... I'm really surprised by how many of you voted for one of the uncles versus Casper. That means 25% of you, a little over 25% of you, are not on Team Casper. What is up with that? <laughs> okay, so if I had to pick one of the uncles, I'd choose Fatso because he's funny. Stretch and Stinky seem more mean for some reason to me. Even though I will admit I always hate the scene where he leaves to pretend to be Dr. Harvey's wife because it's just super mean how he's like genuinely excited to see his wife and then he comes out as that like joke big hubba bubba girl <laughs> and then the question I was super excited about was if you were a ghost and you were based on an adjective of your personality like stinky fatso or stretch what would your name be and <laughs> guys your answers surpassed my expectations on this one like I don't think we will ever get a funnier set of answers on this show honestly uh, so Whiskey Ghoul said, green ghost because I enjoy gardening. 
sorry we did not start off with the funny ones obviously i just love i like i love how genuine some of these are and then how funny some of them are to clarify so i love that one green ghost that's such a good one i could imagine a ghost like that and then beyond the veil podcast said reedy like with books that's really cute uh ghosted easy said chuckles now i want to hear her laugh Maristica Botanicals said crafty. Oh my God, can you imagine a ghost with like a little thread of like, um, yeah, like thread hanging around or like the actual ghost has like little stitches on it. That's all I picture, sorry. And then Monica Galman said musical. Uh, Samantha ESP said fancy. I, I picture a ghost with like a little top hat. <laughs> Yana Loves Mitchy said awkward. Uh, I wonder what an awkward ghost would be like. Sweetgrass Gypsy said, Badonkey peach emoji, <laughs> laughing emoji. <laughs> That's one of the ones that made me laugh. Okay. And then Wild Rosa one got really creative. She said, I'd like to be called Rosie because I would love to leave a rose scent behind. That's very creative. Rome with Charlotte said, impulsive. Oh man, can you imagine an impulsive ghost that does not sound fun? And neither does this one. Cryptic Hitch said, cranky. I feel like I could probably be cranky too. Yeah, you would want to watch out for the impulsive and cranky ghosts. And then S.E. Zoon said, lovey, a ghost that just leaves sweet notes around for people. <laughs> That's really cute. Okay, so I just realized I should have totally asked you guys what you would have called me, but I guess I would hope you guys would say spooky or campy probably because I'm super corny. Okay, moving on, I also wanted to know if I'm the only loser that cries every time I watch this movie, and thankfully, I am not. 61% of you said you have cried at one time or another while watching this movie. Guys, this movie is actually super sad when you really think about it. I think Poppy put it perfectly in her thoughts on the movie. She said, it brings the nostalgia from my youth big time. Uh, I love the house and the magic of love to tinged with the sadness of loss and longing the comedy keeps the mood light though end quote <sighs> yeah sorry i had to like simmer on that one for a bit yeah because she's talking about like it is really sad and i think it is the comedy that keeps you from feeling like how truly like depressing and dark some of these topics are but i think part of what makes this movie so magical too is the music so creepy chels said one of my all-time favorite movies. It has an amazing set and a beautiful music score, end quote. Guys, the music was the one thing I really noticed this time around that I hadn't as like a kid or previously watching it. From the very beginning, it feels so magical and whimsical. It has like very small nodes of like spookmas, to be honest. But in my opinion, it's like in the Tim Burton way, like very like Edward Scissorhands-y. It's so good and I need it on vinyl. And our girl Tracy from Nerd Squish also was on the same page. She said, absolutely love it, but I can't listen to the music or watch the end without crying hysterically. End quote. Exactly. Yes. At least some of you get it. I also wanted to take a minute to focus on one of Maristica Botanical's comments. She said, the special effects were so well done for the time. End quote. So according to IMDb, this is the first feature film to ever have a fully computer-generated visual effects character in a leading role. 
So during filming, uh, Bill Pullman and Christina Ritchie had to talk to tennis balls in place of the go- the ghosts while the ghosts were added later on. So they had to like pretend that the ghosts were there. And then for the scene where Casper drags Kat out the window and takes her to the lighthouse, Christina Ritchie had a piece of fishing line tied to her wrist to give the apparent- appearance of being pulled by a ghost. And then going off of that, one of our ghosters, the Ambernator, said, I love the cooking scene, end quote. According to IMDb, the breakfast scene was the first scene animated, which is why Casper and the ghostly trio appear more solid when compared to the rest of the movie. In addition, the pancakes Casper serves, the Harveys, were completely animated and not actually there on set, end quote. Wow, I want to like go back and watch that scene now because I want to see if I can like see the difference between them but I never realized like how much went into this movie from like the special effects to the crazy amount of cameos guys this movie really had so many things going for it so speaking of cameos Yana Loves Michi said I couldn't watch it for the longest time without fast forwarding the Crypt Keeper lol end quote (laughs) that's so funny there were so many cameos in this movie I thought that was really awesome according to IMDb there were there was also supposed to be a Steven Spielberg cameo so in the mirror scene Dr. James Harvey was going to transform into Steven Spielberg and then Spielberg did film the cameo but it was cut for pacing reasons and then he was relieved feeling like he was a terrible actor the only thing that was like kind of crappy about this part is that the only reason he was able to convince like Clint Eastwood Mel Gibson like the bigger stars to do their cameos was because he promised he was going to do one as well so he felt kind of bad that like he didn't really hold up his end of the bargain but it was like genuinely cut for pacing reasons like by the director not by him Okay, so let's see. And then, thankfully, Lalik actually brought up one of my favorite scenes as well. She said, this is my favorite, quotation, cute, spooky movie. Devin Sawa was sweating emoji and Christina Ritchie, dot, dot, dot. Every girl wanted to be her, be her since her Wednesday character, Kat. Kind, kind of unrealistic how they moved into a giant creepy house, but it was such a whimsical experience to watch. My favorite scene was the chair train from the library, end quote. Ah, you guys, I loved the chair train thing so much. I always wish it would be turned into like an actual ride at an amusement park. Can you imagine a Casper ride? Like you're taking the little train and then he's like following you. I would imagine it would be very much like the Harry Potter ride where it's like a lot of like a screen where he's like following along with you. But still, that would be super cute. Somebody please make it happen. Okay, but it turns out that not all of you were absolutely crazy about this movie. So Ghoulsters, Samantha ESP, and Monica Gallman said that they enjoyed it more as a kid than as an adult. And then Wild Rose 01 brought up something that I actually did think was weird too. She said, I don't like that Casper's voice of, is of a child like six or seven, but when he appears, it's a teen emoji. <laughs> Sorry, it's a teen boy shrugging emoji, end quote. Yeah, after the film's release, Christina Ritchie said in an interview, looking back, that movie sucked. It just didn't make any sense. I'm supposed to fall in love with a ghost. How does that work? And he's like a cartoon. Well, part of him, end quote. She later claimed that she wanted to move on from children's films as she got older. And one of the many reasons a sequel never happened. Okay, I'm not going to lie to you guys. That was a little disappointing to hear, but I do get like the thoughts on that because I was also really hung up on like why he was human like a a teen 
but then he was like a little kid when he was in ghost form so that was kind of confusing but it's still kind of mean that christina said those things and like talked so poorly of a movie that was like pretty decent in my opinion like so many of us love it so i'd be salty about it but also we got casper meets wendy and hillary duff is a total vibe so whatever <laughs> and then we did get a few other positive comments sn devs sweetheart 08 said i always thought casper was so sweet and quote okay guys casper the ghost was so cute like i think that's why i love this movie the relationship with cat is weird because like this time around I realized he actually does get them to come to the house because he's smitten over her on that like new segment. But like he's so cute. How can you not just want to hug him all the time? And I love, love, loved how when he slept on the bed with her, he was like at her feet. That's how Bruce sleeps on me. So I think Casper as a ghost is more like a cute pet dog, to be honest. Sorry if that's weird. Oh, my God. I feel like you guys are judging me. OK, so Fallen Halloween said all around cozy and cute movie end quote okay i honestly can't believe that nobody mentioned the fall vibes in this movie like the part where they're arriving at the house and you see all the leaves and the wind and the spooky house are a total vibe and then how cat is like it looks like stephen king should live here <sighs> yeah that, that scene was just so cool i think that's what i mean like as i get older i start to appreciate more of like all of the thought that goes into like creating the vibe of like the entire movie and then also just resonating so much with like the fall vibes and understanding like everything it takes to put these movies together. <sighs> Sorry, I'm getting like very excited and passionate about it. Okay, so I guess I have a few more highlights than you guys did. One of my other favorite scenes has also always been when Casper turns into a pillow. I know there's a shop that, sh that sells like pillowcases that have like that Casper design on them, but I can't remember which one it is. I always want to get them, but I somehow miss them when they're in stock. Okay, and then I also loved that Kerrigan's death was so gratifying. On the Goldmates podcast, me and Rudy had made up a Deagle rule based on the Gremlins movie of like how if you really hate a character, the death of that character has to be like super gratifying. And so that was how we made up the Deagle rule. And I feel like Casper definitely followed the Deagle rule with Kerrigan's death. And I, of course, loved how the Frankenstein book is used as a decoy for the Lazarus machine, like did you really think I wouldn't bring that up? If you haven't like noticed that part, go back and watch it. It's when they get to like the area with like the machine and the inve inventions and they're looking for the switch. Um, she finds it in the Frankenstein book, which is super cool. OK, and then I did want to focus for a bit on all of the sadness. I feel like it's really sad when Kat talks about how she doesn't want to forget about her mom. And it's also sad how Casper doesn't remember his life for a while. But then Kat helps him remember when she finds his box of things. So my understanding is that he died of pneumonia from playing outside in the cold for too long. But I still want to know. <laughs> I'm trying to say this without sounding mean. Like, why is he missing a pinky? Have you guys ever noticed like there's a point where he says, I wish I had more than four fingers. And then you if you pay attention, like he only has four fingers. So like, where is his other finger? And then that could be another like issue i bet the teen they didn't remove like one of the fingers on the teenager when he comes up for the dance so <sighs> i'm trying so hard not to like find anything wrong with this movie but yeah the more i'm talking about it the more i realize like okay there are some questionable things in it but i, I will overlook them anyway and then also why do kerrigan and dr harvey's ghosts look like they're human form but casper doesn't like aside from like the kid thing 
he's like the only one from what we can tell that we've seen doesn't look exactly like a human as he does as a cartoon or like as a ghost so many questions okay and then speaking of dr harvey's ghost i loved the scene where he gets drunk and has fun with the uncles because he needed some fun like poor guy like you could tell he really needed that and i love seeing how they get attached to him but it was so sad when he died and I think that's what makes me so sad about this movie is that Casper gets so close to being human again, but he really does love Kat and he knows that she can't lose another parent. <sighs> sad. Okay, so we did have one final comment from a ghoulster that led to a whole new question. Essie Zoon said she loves the beautiful vintage manner and decor and whimsy goth vibes. End quote. Okay, so I know how many of you are super into spooky houses and I found this really interesting, but I'm going to read it directly off IMDb because it's quite a bit and I hope that I can like pronounce everything correctly. Okay, so original director Alex Proyas wanted something unusual for the design of Whipstaff Manor. Production designer Leslie Dilly suggested up front that they should go with a haunted house that's not the usual 19th 19th century Victorian design and designed the manor based on the style of Antoni Gaudi, Gaudi, a 19th century modernist architect. So Whipstiff Manor is primarily inspired by Gaudi's Casa Bateo, a house he designed in Barcelona. End quote. Okay, I love this because of the very beginning, how the production designer said, not the usual 19th century Victorian design. I think that's why this house is so unique for a spooky movie, in my opinion. So when I watch this, I know I'm going to sound like a nerd, but I really feel like it's the live action version of the inside of the mansion in Luigi's Mansion video game. It sounds so corny, but honestly, like that's how I feel it's designed, but like the real life spooky version of it. Okay, so before we go into our final rating, I was curious what other spooky houses are your favorites? Some of the common answers were, of course, the Beetlejuice house, the Practical Magic house, and the Adams Family house. No surprise there, because I agree, 100%. And then Erica Y. Castaneda said, Sabrina, uh, I'm guessing she's talking about the Spellman Mortuary, and I think that's a total vibe. I love the staircase, like the opening like when you walk in what a dream imagine being able to take pictures there all the time but then also I don't know how I feel about living in an actual mortuary so that's problematic for me (laughs) and then Daniela Giman photography said Hogwarts oh that's such a good one I love it when you get to like walk through Hogwarts when you're going to the ride and then Lalik said none lol I already hear shit in my house I don't want to experience other people's ghosts but I would other people's ghosts but I wouldn't mind spending a night in the murder house of AHS end quote That's a fairly good point look kind of going off of what I said like I wouldn't want to stay at the Mort- Spellman mortuary And then Halloween is my happy place said the key the key house from Lock and Key end quote Okay, I'm so glad she brought that up because I've always been curious about that show, but I've never known if it's my vibe. So I'm going to have to look into it some more now. And then Monica Gellman said Crimson Peak, which Poppy agreed with as well. Yeah, I figured that was going to be a popular one, honestly. And then Johnyel, John, Johnyel, oh my God, I, I combined his name. Oh. John Daniel Vial said the mansion in the Haunted Mansion 2003 film and horror ghoul Lily said the Haunted Mansion but I'm thinking she might be saying like the actual Haunted Mansion like the ride either way those are great that's a good one I wouldn't have thought to like add in Samantha ESP said the mansion from the haunting movie from 1999 end quote 
So I actually looked up this movie because I've never seen or heard of it. And then after looking up the cover picture, now I want to see the movie. And then NBC Lover in 1993 said, Edward Scissorhands Mansion, that's a good one. Val Klein Hand said, 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Ah, I love that one. That's a good one too. The Munsters. And then D- DW Photo 2082 said, does Clue classify as spooky? It's one of my, all- my all-time faves and the secret passageways, end quote. Of course it counts as spooky. I'm sure I'll cover it eventually because it's one of those classics that I've never seen. And then Yana Loves Mitchie said, the Cromwell House. Ooh, that's a good one. And then Essie Zoon said, Hill House or Bly Manor, the beauty in the eerie and spookiness is unmatched, end quote. Guys, Hill House has a very special place in my heart. That show literally broke me. It's my favorite. It's probably my one of my favorite shows ever, but I don't know if I'll ever be able to rewatch it because of like how much it broke me. Like I cried so much and when we got to see the haunt at HHN for Hill House, I cried going through it, but because of like how much it meant to me Uh, I don't know like I and I don't even know if I'd want to live there because it's very spooky but like if I did I would demand to be able to see Nell like dancing in there the way she does in the show I'm getting sad just thinking about it like I really hope that one day I'll be able to conquer it for bloody binge worthy but it's just gonna be me like crying nonstop, honestly (laughs) okay so that brings us to it's freaking bats So on a scale of one to five bats, how many bats did Ghoulsters give this film? Ghoulsters gave this film 4.75 freaking bats. Okay, look, we could have rounded up to five, but I'm curious to find out what movie it's going to take to get a unanimous five freaking bats from you guys. As for me, I'm going to give this movie 4.5 freaking bats. It's pretty close, but I would agree that the Casper and Cat storyline is a little weird and confusing at times. But that aside, this movie has all the fall vibes, the Halloween costumes, which, by the way, the amount of licensed costumes was awesome. And it has ghosts. It has humor. It's an all around feel good film for spooky season, and it makes you feel like a kid again. All right, and it is the moment I have been waiting for. So if you're not binging with us, then you can't sit with us because it's time for Bloody Bingeworthy. If you're joining us for the first time, this segment is at the end of the show so that those who decide to binge Spooky TV with me can hear me fangirl over the latest episodes we watched. You can always find what episodes are coming up in the show notes. Okay, so this week we binged The Vampire Diaries Seasons 2, Episodes 4, Season, not Seasons, Season 2, Episodes 4 through 11. Okay, guys, it happened. I binged and I binged hard this week. So season two is just moving so fast. I could not stop. It was like a classic case of Stefan drinking blood. (laughs) No, too soon. 
All right. <laughs> so here are the IMDb summaries to refresh your memory. Catherine recalls the past. Tyler learns more about the Lockwood family curse from Mason and Sheriff Forbes receives startling information. Catherine chooses a new victim. Bonnie discovers new information about Mason and shares it with Stefan. Stefan and Damon decide on a new plan to deal with Catherine at the masquerade ball. Stefan and Damon come to Elena's assistance and in the process learn surprising new information. Elena convinces Caroline to open the tomb to get more information out of Catherine and swears her to secrecy so Stefan doesn't find out. And as the full moon nears, Car Caroline helps Tyler prepare for his transformation. Meanwhile, Damon and Alaric are suspicious when a stranger shows up looking for Mason. Okay, I'm going to pause because it's a lot. So first things first, can I just say how much I freaking love Caroline? She is just such a badass. I know, kill me for bringing Twilight up again, but I can't help but feel like, you know how Bella always talks about how she's never felt like she belongs or is conf confident in her body and how being a vampire will be like self-actualization for her? I genuinely feel like that is what happened to Caroline. She's just so confident. You barely even realize she's still a new vampire. And what I find most interesting is that being a vampire is supposed to bring out her like your true qualities even more. Yet when she was human, she didn't seem to be as caring and compassionate as she is now with Tyler. So I think it just goes to show how much confidence can really hurt and affect a person. And I genuinely love how she's trying to help Tyler because she sees parts of herself in him, too. Also, can we talk about how messed up it was when her mom just couldn't get past the fact that her daughter was a vampire? It really sucks, but I'm glad that Caroline knew she had to compel her because founders, founders, families, that's hard to say, founder or founders, founders, families be crazy <laughs> and speaking of sad stories jeremy just can't catch a break you guys i think i was team bonnie and jeremy team Jeremy, team johnny <laughs> team johnny uh, but that was stupid that stupid witch dude came and ruined everything i'm curious to see if he's gonna end up helping bonnie in the end because you could tell he wasn't like happy about having to trick her with the moonstone and then, of course, we have good old Catherine. You guys, I can't I can't even with her. I wish I could say I have like a love hate relationship with her because at the end of the day, she's pretty clever and strategic. But I don't know. I just can't get past all the selfishness. And then, oh, my God, the scene where they realized her body was linked to Elena was crazy. So I was sweating for a minute there. And then we find out that Elena isn't the first doppelganger. What? So I wonder who the person before Catherine was and what the origin story is. And speaking of origin stories, it's kind of weird that Stefan and Damon have have like no idea who the originals are or what their powers are. Tricky, tricky. But I do love that Elijah was smart and quickly caught on how much they love her. And on that note, OK, I'll admit it. I might be a little team Damon, not like team Damon over Stefan, but definitely like I could see myself being team Damon one day. <laughs> it's been quite a while since he's done something mean and selfish. So I think I realized how much he's changed when he hooked up with Rose because it had been so long since you saw him like with another girl. 
So I have two more things to mention. One is that I'm still not sure how I feel about Bonnie's storyline. I don't get how she can always sense and feel things, but is totally blinded by these like warlock dudes. And I get that her grams died, but also at the same time, she kind of needs to chill. She's just so serious all the time and angry. I don't know. Her story is still kind of eh for me right now, especially because I had such high hopes and expectations for her. I hope it all turns around and makes sense soon because it's just like not what I remember, honestly. And finally, oh my god, okay, Tyler's transition. That was so crazy, guys. And also, now freaking Damon can't catch a break, even with Rose. See, we're at this point in the show where, like, every episode is a cliffhanger, so now we have to wait and find out what's going to happen with the werewolf bite. Do we really think there's, like, not a way to cure it? I guess we're going to have to wait and find out next week. Oh, Okay. So just a reminder, you can always check your Goalster homework for the week in the show notes to find out which episodes we'll be binging for next week's episode. And if you're wondering how you can be one of my lovely co-hosts, like I mentioned in today's episode, you can follow the show on Instagram at Not Another Spooky Podcast to participate in polls and questions for upcoming episodes. All right, so I'm curious, how are we liking the longer episodes compared to the short episodes? I like different things about each one of them. So I'm noticing this one is running at about, it'll probably be like 48 minutes by the time I'm finished. So a little shorter than what they have been, but still longer than the beginning. So I don't know. I'm having so much fun either way. So let me know what you guys think, how you're feeling. And I'm already looking forward to next week. So until next time, sending you ghouls and kisses. Bye. Ha 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 ha.